insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell, and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader and agency owner of I Protect Insurance and Financial Services based in Huntsville, Alabama. Before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he's a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama. Parade first team All-American, Rivals five-star recruit, and he is single-handedly bringing the kindness revolution to the Mobile metropolitan area. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the incomparable Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? It never gets old hearing that, Scott. (laughs) Well, guys, before, before we get started on this podcast, I have two things to say today. The first thing that I want to say to Hurricane Gordon, Tropical Storm Gordon, whatever you want to call it, Sitting off the Gulf Coast right now, mere hour or two away from coming on to, to the coast. I have two words for you, Gordon. Undaunted. Bradley Flowers and I are here for the agents around the world. We're here to do a podcast. And if I sound like I'm a little bit phony today, meaning like not as clear as I normally am, it is because I am broadcasting this podcast remotely from Huntsville, Alabama, where the skies are clear and it's 92 degrees outside right now. Bradley, I am so sorry that I'm not able to be there with you in person today, but I hope that everybody listening to this podcast will understand that. So just to talk about the commitment to our listeners, if we did not record at least one episode today, we were going to have a gap in our schedule. And the last time we did that, I got so many calls and texts about, where's the episode? Where's the episode? Where's the episode? (laughs) So literally me and my wife get in the car and drive down here to Deep Fried Studios with knowing that there's a chance that we might not make it back to our house because Absolutely. the hurricane is coming, and guess what? It's supposed to hit while we're recording this episode. So I, I want everyone to know how much we appreciate our listeners, if that doesn't tell you right there. Undaunted. Undaunted. Guys, our mission on this podcast is to help you agents in any way we can. Marketing, sales, accounting, hiring, firing, technology, you name it, that's why we're here. We have no books, we have no study courses, we have no we have no sponsors. <laughs> we have no only because on, we turned them down. <laughs> we have no we have no purpose on this podcast other than to help you guys run your agency, grow your agency to be the very best insurance principal agent, CSR or associate agent that you possibly can be. That's our purpose here. And before we get started, I want to go ahead and introduce our guest today. And before I do that, I want to say to him, I've had a team of private investigators following him for about two weeks. I have been on Facebook for about three hours this morning watching the affirmation of today. And guys, when I get through introducing him, maybe you can go to Facebook and watch his affirmation of today. If this can't help you, I don't know what will, but he's been doing this for 30 years eight years. He is originally from Stoughton, Massachusetts. He lives and works in Dorchester, Massachusetts. He is the founder and CEO of Vargas and Vargas Insurance, where his current role is in marketing 
and client retention and community-based marketing. Hint, hint. That's what we're going to be talking a lot about today. He has also dove off into the deep water, and he is an independent agency business coach now. If you want to learn more about what he's doing on that side of the house, go to www.insuranceagencyfreedom.com. He has a beautiful wife and has been married for 33 years. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mr. Carlos Vargas. How are you, Carlos? Hey, son, I am honored. That is the best introduction that I've ever had. And I'm actually <laughs> honored to be on what I feel is the best podcast for insurance agents in the nation. Well, Thank that, you so much. Thank you for putting this out. I'm just telling you, I don't know what it is lately. Maybe I'm going through menopause. But when people say things like that and send me emails like that, which I've been getting a lot of lately, I literally have to fight back crying because uh, that means so much to me and it means so much to Bradley. And I really, really do appreciate you saying that. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Do you feel um, like you could fight Tyson right now, Carlos? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And then the red con Absolutely. Of course I could. Thank you. Carlos, before before we get started, and I want to kind of want to go backwards to go forwards. I try to do this with all of our guests. I need you to get in your time machine for just a minute and tell our audience, tell all 250,000 insurance agents from around the world that are li- listening and watching this, how did you get started in the insurance business and bring us forward to today? I started in 1980 as a life insurance representative for Prudential Insurance Company. And my job at that time was to go door to door collecting premiums. This is before people could mail in their insurance and the automatic pays. So I learned how to prospect very, very easily just by being in people's homes. And you notice that somebody had a baby. You notice that a movie truck just moved next door. And I did that for about 15 years. But about halfway through that, so uh, in 1986, I started Vargas and Vargas Insurance. And Prudential Insurance paid for my office space. They paid for my secretary because I was an, an MDRT a mm-hmm. qualifier year after year. I wrote enough business for them to say, hey, why don't we do something else for this guy? And it was a plan that they had for most agents that made the NCRT. And from 1986 to 1995, I hung in there. And then in 95, I left Prudential and went independent. And it really took about nine to 10 years to be profitable. Many of us don't go from working for direct writer to the independent side we don't automatically come into money. You need to build that book of business. I took nine years to build that book of business. And today the agency is owned by my two partners, actually three partners and me. I've been out of the insurance writing claims, anything for about 15 years. About 15 years ago, my coach at that time gave me a book called The E-Myth about working on your business instead of in your business. And it was like Mm. a light bulb just went off. I'm also a product of coaching. I've been coached all of my life, actually since 1999, and and I'm a product of a mentor system. My first manager at Prudential Insurance Company, and I meet almost every Friday, we call him the man, hashtag the man, and uh, we meet every Friday. We talk about business. We talk about life. He's 88. I'm 58, and we just have a a good old time. And I'll also add, in the last 15 years, the income at our agency has tripled. Wow. By having me out of the mix and out doing the community and the networking and being a resource for the real estate agents, the mortgage folks, and the closing attorneys, and also being part of our community. Carlos, before we get into some of the community-based marketing, talk about how you got to the point, number one, how you recruited such a fantastic team to allow you to step away, and then at the same time, how do you, you know, not become a control freak and allow yourself to step away? 
being, uh, being a control freak has never been part of my, if you know Carlos Vargas, you, you know that he's not a control freak. He's really a nice guy. You know, I say this often, and I think I've heard Chris say it on your podcast. If I'm the smartest guy in the room, then there's something wrong. You're in the wrong I mean, room. You know, yeah, I never want to be the smartest guy in the room, right? We hired a mortgage producer about 16 or 17 years ago. We paid him well. We trained him well. But we got out of his way. And today he's a partner at the agency. He was an employee. His name is Jeff. Jeff is our managing partner. The other three partners have very little to do with the running of the business. I have nothing to do with being involved in the insurance business. So how I got into it was because that's who I am. I talk to independent agents across the country and they want to be involved in everything. They want to be involved mm-hmm. from final claim to write. Get out of the way. That's not your strength. I mean, that was never my strength. Detail is not my strength. Community involvement is my strength. Being a resource for our partners is my strength. So I just figured out what my strengths were, you know, and I spend 20, 25 hours a week working at that, you know, and business just comes in the door. We write hundreds, hundreds of accounts every month, and we don't do any advertising. There's no Facebook ads. There's no local anything. It all comes by word of mouth. Wow. So to touch on that point, and you hit on something that, that really interests me, and Bradley and I have had some of these conversations in the you know recently, but I see a lot of agents, independent, and if they could, probably captive agents as well, that they seem, when you start talking about partnerships and bringing people in, I was talking to an agent a couple of weeks ago out in San Diego, we kind of had this conversation, but when you talk to them about bringing on partners, having partners within the agency, it feels a little bit like the kid that wants to take his toys and go sit in the corner by himself. They just don't even want to hear about it. They don't want to talk about it. But for you, it sounds like it was it was an optimal situation for you to be in a you know an agency where there were multiple partners that allowed you to do the types of things that you love to do. Absolutely. It, it was just part of who I am. It was part of like giving back. I mean, giving and being part of the community is it's not my job. It's what I love to do. If I can give to Jeff, if I can make him a partner because he's added so much value and Jeff mm. now has hired his own team. We hear about an awful lot of independent agents. When it comes time for them to retire, it's time to sell the business, right? Mm-hmm. To the mm-hmm. highest bidder. Our goal was never to be sold. Our mm-hmm. goal was for me to continue to receive receive my income, right? And have Jeff and his team drive the bus. Right. So at this point in time, you know, he's hired a couple of really amazing hires and someday they might be partners in the business, you know, as long as they perform and deliver every day. Right. Well, it sounds like yeah. the one key ingredient that you hit a home run on, and agents, if you're listening to this, you need to write this down. And I, I think Carlos is going to agree with this. The partnership situation can go really well and it can go really badly. And so you have to be extremely careful. And it sounds like you were when you picked yeah. your business partners on the front end so that now you can live the life that you were, you know, you were meant to live. Would you agree with that? Exactly. I've done this freedom presentation around, and I'm going to be doing it in, in Michigan in October. And mm-hmm. I talk about freedom. What does freedom mean, mean to you? Freedom to me means doing what I want to do with the people that, that I want to do it with on my terms. Freedom right. means different things to different people. And as I meet the independent agent owners across the country, many of them think that their clients still want to talk to them, right? Mm-hmm. No, their clients just want what they want when they want it. They right. don't care 
if it's you, if it's Bradley, if it's Scott, as long as it's being delivered and the person on the other hand sounds intelligent enough to answer their question, that's all that mm. we want. And I'm a perfect example of it. I was involved in every facet of our business and it took me years to pull away. But I mm. today, you know, I have a son purchasing a home and he's asking me questions and I'll say, Matt, I don't know anything about that. You need right. to reach out to the team at the office because they're the ones that are going to answer those questions for you. You have to get good people. So let's talk a little bit about community-based marketing. I'm going to go ahead and step out on a limb and say that you may very well be an expert on this. <laughs> Anytime I hear somebody talk about it being their passion, you know, what they love to do, what they, you know, what they really, really want to do on a day-to-day basis, then I kind of scratch my head and go, well, that means they know a lot about it. Because when people love what they do, they seem to know a whole lot about doing it. So talk to us a little bit and talk to the agents that are, that are watching and listening to this podcast about community-based marketing, what works, what doesn't work. Community-based marketing doesn't instantly right you business, right? It's something that you start. It's something that you get involved. I've said this a couple of different times. As independent business people, we're great at giving people money, you know, buying Girl Scout cookies or donating to the softball charity and stuff. But then we think that that's done. That's the beginning. Mm. The magic happens when you show up to that softball and you ask if you can help them out or you ask in advance, hey, could I could I help hand out tickets? Could I help whatever? Do you need some help welcoming people onto the field? That's when the magic happens. I mean, this, all of these nonprofits will take our income, and it's good that we give back. You know, and I said this the other day. I said, you know, we're like sleeper cells, right? Hey, we recognize Vargas Insurance for helping us put this together, but nobody shows up. They don't know who Vargas Insurance is. Right. Every time we sponsor a program, every time we give to a charity, Carlos shows up, Jeff mm-hmm. shows up, Mario mm-hmm. shows up, Joe shows up, Jason, Anna, Carolina, Cindy, somebody shows up to help. And mm-hmm. then they say, wow, these folks aren't like my folks, right? I'm doing business with Geico, Progressive, Liberty, whoever. You know, these folks get back, they show up, they roll up their sleeves, and they become part of what I'm passionate about. Many of us drop the ball by not showing up and helping out. That's where the community, that's where the magic happens. I was fortunate enough to be part of the merchants group. There's about 60 local businesses that are part of the Lowell Mills merchants. And I'm the president. I'm the president because I would show up to all of the events. Yeah, I would talk about it. I would post about it. When the president retired, he automatically gave me the reins. So today I'm connected with about 60 little local businesses and they're connected with hundreds of thousands of people, right? Thousands of families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So every time they need, they hear of a need for insurance. We had a problem. I have a question. I had a claim. My guys, my gals not showing up. Vargas Insurance gets thrown into the mix. Carlos, talk a little bit about your process. So my process for marketing, my process for the community, my process for giving back. All three. I'll use this as an example. On Small Business Saturday every year in November, all of the merchants stay open. We offer free cookies. We offer free balloons to kids. And and I go around and I take my selfie stick with my iPhone and I kind of do an interview to maybe five, six, ten different business owners as to what they're doing for that particular Saturday. A couple years or so ago, there's a very successful Italian pizza shop, and I showed up after the lunch crowd. I did this quick interview with him, 
my manager goes into the office, goes over there a couple of days later to buy something to take out for lunch, and he says, "Hey, would you guys would you guys mind my courting my insurance business?" And of course, we wouldn't mind, you know. And come to find out, he's not on social media, but his wife and kids are, and they see me talking about how great his food is, how great the service is, and the kicker the kicker in the pants is, is his his agent was his cousin around the corner from me. And wow. so I ended up, sh- uh, right. So I ended up showing up and I say, Hey Pat, thank you so much for doing business with us. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being part of our community here, but you've decided to move from her to me. And he, and he looked at me straight in the face and said, Carlos, all I get from her is premium notices and cancellation notices. She doesn't call me. She doesn't just show up and talk about how good my stuff is, what I'm doing for the community. You're the type of people that I want to do business with. That quick video, he's part of the merchant's group, probably five, eight, ten thousand dollar premium, you know, commercial case with some, you know, commercial autos and stuff in there. So that's what the process is. It's just it's the old Gary B, you know, you know, jab, 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 hook. You have to give before you expect to receive. Many of us show up already with our hand out. Right. Mm-hmm. My hand is out to give. I'm there to give before I expect to receive anything back. Car- so- Carlos, I'm about to get in the boat with you for just a second. I'm going to talk to these insurance agents that are listening to this right now. My life changed. My life changed the day that I started doing for others with zero expectation of anything in return. Now, I'm talking about Scott, Scott Howell's life right now. I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm talking about mine. But on this podcast, you agents hear me talk about the insurance gods frown on you and will not deliver to you if all you're doing is sitting around thinking about how much commission you're going to make on an account. I'm going to say I'm going to go one step further and say this. If you're going to get into community involvement, you need to have a clear heart a clear heart when you do that and do it because you love it. And yes, there may be a, there may be an ancillary more business because you're out meeting more people and you're slinging more business cards. But I think for somebody who's just going to go get involved in the community just because they want to write some more insurance, but they really don't like doing it. I don't think that long-term, I think people will see through that. And I think one of the things that really catapults you in the community involvement stuff that you do is that you love doing it. And I don't think you really have any expectation of, oh, if I go if I go to the Chamber of Commerce event, we might get some business out of it. Does that make sense? It does. I never show up expecting anything. And I am floored by the amount of business that we get referred to us just because we're the nice people. Well, we right. show up, we never ask. It's sort of like adjacent to the strategy that we sort of took with this podcast is in the beginning we started trying to be an expert on every subject and what that turned into is some of the stuff might have sounded forced at least to us so instead of us trying to be the expert on every subject we brought in experts like Carlos Vargas, Chris Paradiso, Matt Namoli and Zach Gould and allowed them to be the experts on what they know about. And on the episodes that it's just Scott and I, we are able to talk about the things that we know about 1,000% with, you know, out holding anything back. It's sort of like the same thing as, as far as, you know, if you go into a chamber of commerce and you try to sell everybody in there, buddy, you're not going to last long. You're not. People well, and, 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 a mile I, away. 
I know I sound hokey when I say this. I know I sound like some kind of witch doctor. I'm telling you guys, if you go in with zero expectation and don't even think about insurance, don't even think about it. Yeah, I mean, if somebody, you know, asks you what you do, hand them a business card and say, hey, you know, if we can ever help you, let me know. Just very nonchalantly. But go into it with a mindset that I'm not doing this for insurance. I'm doing this to meet people, to serve others, to do all the things that you need to be as a good human being rather than, well, I got to go to the chamber event today because I might get a little business out of it or something like that. I'm, I just, I'm a big believer in having that mindset of I'm just going to go in here. I'm going to meet more people. I'm going to serve others. If I get some business, great. If I don't, great. How but I'm not going to worry Carlos? about it. If you grudgingly show up to events, get somebody in your organization to show up. Yeah. Because really, you're going to show up and you're going to be a sourpuss. Right. And it's going to show. And nobody's going to want to hang out with you. It's going to give you and your organization a very bad name. Mm. You know, find somebody within your group with one of your employees. Maybe give them half Wednesday off if they go to the chamber on Thursday night or something, you know. I'm going to tell you uh, a story, so Carlos. Can yeah. I tell you a story? When I first got into the business, I attended a networking meeting and I, I had that anxiety that everybody has right when they start. And, and I was, you know, scared to, to just mingle with people in the right way. And, and I met this guy and within the first 15 seconds of us talking, I shoved my business card in his face. And I think I might've told this story on the podcast before, but I really want Carlos to hear this. Keep in mind, this was third or fourth meeting after I'm just getting started. And so I mean, I'm, I'm really, really, really green. And we sit down and it was the type of meeting where you mingle for a little bit, then everybody stands up and introduces himself. And the guy stood up yeah. and said, I love the concept of this meeting so much because it allows me to meet and learn about people and what they do in a casual fashion. And I don't you typically have to worry about anybody shoving their business card in my face because that's actually off-putting a little bit. Yeah. And I could could not have sunk further back into my chair. And I, and I I literally remember the seat in the conference room in the building that I was sitting in. And at that yeah, moment said to yeah. myself, I'm going to have to learn a better way to do this. It kind of goes the same way for social media, right? You don't show up to a party and you stand up on top of the table and say, Hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm <laughs> showing up, right? Send me your business. No, it eventually comes. I mean, mm. I, you know, I'm sure I do the same things back 38 years or so ago, show up to a room and just, pray to God somebody would take my business card and then I would just call them every day for the rest of my life until they told me to stop calling. And that's a perfect strategy. I mean, like you said on social media, like when people post on social media and engage on social media, you need to treat it like a cocktail party at not like you're jumping into a bin of sharks with business cards. (laughs) Right. So true. So, so so Carlos affirmation of the day on your personal Facebook page, how did that come about? Talk to me a little bit about that. There's some methodology there I really like. You keep it short. You keep it concise. You deliver a positive Thank message. You. How did that come about? Talk a little bit about that. I share positive messages daily, right? A couple of times a day. I do a Monday morning message that goes out to about four or 5,000 real estate agents, loan officers, insurance agents, business owners. And one of the people that... I was coaching, and then my son, Matthew, said the same thing that basically said, hey, why don't you take that post that you do every morning and just do it in a video? Video is where the whole industry is going. This agent that I was coaching had just said the same thing. My son, Matthew, says, Dad, I dare you to do a daily video. And then 
a couple of days later, he doesn't see a video and he says to me, I double dare you. I'm like, oh, I'm being double dared by my kid. Oh, my God. So he uh, he's the marketing guy at Tesla. So he knows about all these cutting edge events. And I'm just a 60 year old guy. I'm not that, mm. you know. Um, mm. So I, I started doing a little bit of research on Wednesdays. I write my Monday morning message. And on Wednesdays, I look around for the messages that I want to share. And then I talk a little bit about it. So Wednesdays, I spend writing my Monday morning message and writing my next week's worth of today's affirmations, today's positive message. And so I've done 107. So Matthew dared me to do 365 of them. You know, then he double dared me. So I'm at 178 as of today. So wow. and I think I'm going to do this forever. It's funny. I, I went away. I put five or six of them in the bag. I actually do two every day because I always have one or two in the bag and I put five of them in the bag and I felt as though I was missing something. You know, I get up at five, mm. five thirty, you know, I do my, you know, my mental, what I, what I feel, what I feel is the great parts of my life, what I'm thankful for. I do my affirmations, you know, I was still getting up at that time, but I wasn't doing my video and it just, so it goes to prove that it takes, you know, uh, three, four, five months to kind of get something that to make it part of your daily routine. So I'm in South Carolina. I sit on my Carolina porch every morning about 6, 6.15. I do my message. I send it up and it's done. So the affirmations, it takes me about a day to write them. It takes me about 15, 20 minutes in the morning. I use an app called Splice on my iPhone. So that's mm -hmm. all done on an iPhone. I kind of script it out. I read it and then I just record it. And, I, you know, and I, and I tell you, and, and it gets shared by friends, neighbors, real estate people, loan officers. They share my message. So Scott, hold on, Bradley. How many times a week do you get somebody in the post office walking by you and going, Hey, I really enjoyed your, your affirmation today. You know, it's funny. I was visiting my sister-in-law after surgery, and I walked by a room, and this person said, hey, 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 I love your messages. I mean, so <laughs> I, the person was sitting there visiting Weber, and they looked, they saw me come by and said, hey, 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 I love your message. I'm thinking, thank you so much. I appreciate it. How are you? How's your – oh, this is my dad. Right. He had his hip surgery, whatever. I had no idea who they were. I, I've never seen them before in my life, uh -huh. but they see my messages online. Wow. Scott. You know? Yes, sir. Why am I not doing that? I don't know. Insurance agents from around the world. I bring this up to say <laughs> this. Okay. That works. People love a positive message. He keeps it short. He keeps it short. He only does a minute or two. Here's the beautiful part about this, because I've studied this the way the Discovery Channel studies meerkats. My favorite part of his daily affirmation and he, he's probably never even noticed this. He reads the affirmation. He reads the, the passage of the day. And then he takes his reading glasses off. I love it. I love it. I love the whole thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, guys, I, I only brought that up to say this. Bradley and I have experienced social media. And I, this is not really, you know, what we were going to talk about today necessarily. It just kind of went in that direction. But we have both experienced times when. before. <laughs> we have both experienced times when people just randomly walk up to us and say, man, I love what you're doing on social media. Bradley has it happen a lot more than I do because he's on social media a lot more than I am. But when I watched Carlos do these daily affirmations, I thought, 
my goodness, I bet he has two or three people a week in his hometown walk up to him and say, Hey, I just want you to yeah. know, I really appreciate you doing that. Hey, I'll tell you a story. I, 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 Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I get probably three to six messages every morning in my inbox saying, Hey, love today's message. I love who you quoted. Did you know this and the other thing? So, uh, yes. you know, I do get folks who comment quite often. Well, I'll tell you a story. And, and- I was doing sock of the day in 2014, and similar to what Chris Paradiso does, just posting my crazy socks of the day on Facebook. And I don't even know that, I know Scott doesn't know this story, but uh, I was sitting in the bank uh, waiting on a banker and somebody walked up, cocked their head sideways and says, what socks do you have on today? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I'll go, I'll go one further. Um, I have an amazing relationship with a loan officer who uh, was referred to me because of my socks. Um, he's a Rhode Island loan officer, had a client in Massachusetts. He doesn't do a lot of business in Mass. He needed the referral of an insurance agent of somebody north of Boston. He reached out to a realtor that he knew in the Boston area. And she said to him, you know, I know the perfect guy. He wears funky socks just like you do. And him and I, we wear the same colorful polka dots and colors and all kinds of things. So that got me an amazing relationship with a loan officer that probably would not have happened. Carlos, Mm. on that note, talk a little bit about, from a relationship-based marketing standpoint, your process, so to speak. I mean, I know you're all about the relationship, and it's not necessarily a process with an end goal, but talk about you know working the loan officer realtor circuit, how you yourself do that. Sure. So I've got about 2,900 realtors that I've met over my career in the business, and they're all in my database. I send them off a Monday morning message, but realtors are not the people who send me business. It's the mortgage folks. Right. So I'm connected with most of these and most of these agents on, online, but my goal is to use the real estate agents as kind of like bait for the loan officer. I probably have two or 300 loan officers in my database, maybe 400 in my database. And every single month, a half a dozen will say, listen, could you introduce me to this team? Could you introduce me to this team? So my job is not just to do the introduction. My job is to say, hey, Bradley, I've heard some wonderful things about you, and I'd be happy to introduce you to them, but I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Let's meet for coffee next Wednesday, or does Tuesday work better for you? I'm available in the morning. I'm available in the afternoon. Again, I came from life insurance, so I'm always prospecting. I'm always mm-hmm. trying to get face-to-face or belly-to-belly with somebody. And I try to identify the stallions and the ponies. Right? The ponies will take up all your time. The mm-hmm. stallions are the ones that are doing, you know, 40, 50 loans per month. And if I can mm-hmm. get 5, 10, 20 of those loans, man, on top of all the other business, it's just going It's just going to help out. So we meet for coffee. I frog them. Frog. I talk about their family, their recreation, their occupation, their goals. I never talk about me. If they, if they ask about me, my wife, my kids, it becomes like a hot potato. I'm there to talk about them, to, to learn about them. Because I agents, want to walk away. Agents, yeah. agents, he is spitting gold right now. Get your pen and paper out and rewind that and listen to that again. I'm sorry, Carlos. Go ahead. No, that's fine. I want them to walk away from our conversation and say, hey, what an amazing guy. And he runs a great insurance group. Why aren't I sending him my business? Why? And he's connected to all these other real, all these real estate agents. My insurance person that I send business with that probably doesn't care, right? Because many of us in this business 
we never thanked the person who sent that referral to us, right? Part of my role at the agency is, you know, 140, 150, 200 referrals came in last month, last week. My job is to identify the loan officers, the realtors, the families, and call them thanking, hey, thank you for referring Mr. and Mrs. Smith to us. So mm-hmm. this loan officer is not hearing from his agent. The agent is just taking without giving, at least giving them a little love, right? Mm-hmm. Thanking mm-hmm. them and making them a phone call. You know, I think we had 137 quotes last week in the agency. Um, mm-hmm. I probably made over the course of the week 40, 50 phone calls thanking the loan officers, the realtors for thinking of us. Now, we don't write them all because some of these folks are just shopping around. They want to know what the insurance is. But it's a really warm lead when it comes from the loan officer. Mm-hmm. And if we do write that case, and this is where we as independent agents are missing the boat, right? That case, that home, that homeowner's policy is most likely going to be escrow. Mm-hmm. They're never, ever going to pay it. Right. It's right. built into their mortgage. If it goes up 3%, 5%, 15%, 20%, they're just going to chalk it up. It's another eight bucks a month on my mortgage, $25 more a month on my mortgage. So the escrow, I mean, this is kind of where we should be concentrating all of our efforts is getting a property book of business so that we're not being inundated with phone calls with Mm. I'm upgrading my car, I had a broken windshield, somebody hit me from behind. Mm. Truly, we don't we don't write a lot of auto insurance because it's just so time consuming. And people mm. shop around for the for hey, my rate went up eighteen dollars. I'm going to shop around. I'm going to go to Geico, Progressive, whoever. The homeowner, we lose like zero percent of homes at renewals because they're all escrowed, and the consumer sees it come in, but it's included in the mortgage and it's done. They just file it away. Hey, Carlos. When I ask you about your affirmations of the day on Facebook, yeah. the, vid- the video, you made a comment about I send out, I thought you said a video to real estate agents and, and mortgage brokers. Did I hear that correctly? So, no, I, I send out a Monday morning message, which has, that, which has a quote and usually a message of how to get on top of their game. I'm also a resource, so I share what I hear when I do my real estate office presentations, my small bank and credit union presentations. I take some of that stuff and I use it to write my Monday morning message, and then that goes out to you know the agents and the loan officers, the closing attorneys, and business owners. So and what I what have, me, I, what medium are you using to send that out with? I use uh, Mailchimp. I okay. use an email, and and, okay. and then, but. What MailChimp does is it lets me know who's opened it up and how many times it's been opened. So mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at that report and I say, Bradley, he's opened up my email 17 times. I got to call him. So I'll call and say, Bradley, how's it going? I don't tell him that I'm calling because you opened up 17 times. But I know that I'm top of mind because he mm-hmm. either has opened it up 17 times or shared it amongst his team. Hey, you know, it's funny. And I, I'm doing a presentation to... Plumbers and heating and air conditioning folks. I called one of the owners who's on my list. I said, Joe, this thing has been open 40. I said to him, this thing's been open 42 times. What's going on? You know, Carlos, I shared it amongst my group. I'm part of this group. They're all coming to Boston the end of September. Would you mind being our keynote speaker? Mm. I'm going to talk about social media, everything, Mm. this, everything that you send out, Carlos. I don't want you to share this with our group. You know, even though you're in the insurance space, 
your message still resonates with everybody. So conversely to that, does the MailChimp program also send you a notification when somebody does the, I don't want to get this message anymore? Absolutely. But it's funny. So I look at it a little bit different than most folks, Scott, right? Why am I wasting my effort and my time sending it to you if you don't want it? it you, so mm-hmm. I'm a believer, and I forget where I got these numbers, but like, out of everybody that we meet, 25% are going to instantly like you, 25% are going to instantly dislike you, and 50% are undecided. I focus my efforts on the 50%. I'm right. trying to convert the ones that are never going to like me. And the right. ones that like me, they like me. They read, they consume my stuff. I want to get after the 50% that are undecided. So if you decide you don't want my stuff, thank you. So thank yeah, you. it's right. one of those person I have to pay for in my MailChimp campaign. So Carlos, right. backing you know, up, yeah. backing up yeah. a little bit, you said the realtors are sort of used to reel in the loan officers. And yes. you, you, like you said, some of them are duds. You know, one, one rule of thumb I use is I try to look for some that are closing, you know, between six to 10 loans a month or more. What sort of metrics, yeah. if not nonverbal cues even, do you look for to signify, okay, this is someone I want to work with, or this is not someone I want to work with? Because even for me, even my little rule, I, I mean, I have a few loan officers that I've partnered with from the get-go that were doing nothing when I partnered with them. And now they're some of my biggest biggest referral partners and I've sort of grown with them, but what are some of the, the ways that you decipher who to work with and who not to work with? In the state of Massachusetts, there's a publication that comes out. It's called Banker and Tradesman. I think it's top 500 loan officers, right? So that tells me who's doing all of the loans, right? So that's a great indication as to who's the top loan producers in mass. I think it's either 250 or 500. So if they're on that list, we're going to bend over backwards for them. Mm-hmm. If they're not on the list, then I'm going to sniff them out a little bit. I'm going to maybe meet them. I'm going to meet them for coffee. How's the year going? Yeah, we're doing well. We're averaging two or three loans a month. And I'm thinking, why am I wasting my time? Because if I'm getting 10% of two and three, man, it's going to take me five months to get one. You know, we'll end up riding around to visit some of my real estate offices with the folks who I think are the pony, uh, who are the stallions, not the ponies. You know, and as we're talking and as we're discussing, if you're only doing a half a dozen, you know, three, four, five every month, um, it's really not worth it for me. And I also find out because maybe you have an assistant. My largest producing loan officer, he has an assistant and a half. He works four days a week. His mortgage company has given him three days off every week and his assistants step in they're licensed to talk about rates and take all the applications he's the guy that i focus most of my efforts on and i try to identify another four or five of them over the course of a year and those are the ones i take off for lunch i pop by i do pop buys as well i visit them i also take them to visit some of my realtor offices and sometimes I'll invite them when I'm invited to do a presentation at a real estate office, like I did one about three weeks or so ago. I talked about I talked to the realtors about how to use video into their daily marketing plan. And I brought one of my stallions in with me and I introduced them to them. So he's thinking, actually, she was thinking, wow, Carlos is taking me along, introducing me to a half a dozen other people that can potentially send me business. I'm going to send Carlos on my business. Carlos, are you, you know, sure you're not simple. like my long lost uncle or something like that? Because you and I are on the same wavelength, like one million percent on a lot of things. Carlos, sure I've, got, I've, got, I've got one last question. 
And then we're going to let Bradley and Laurel go home before they get blown away by a hurricane and container yard, which would be a fantastic story. Fantastic story if that happens. I'm kidding, by the way. Client retention. I want to talk a little bit about client retention and your agency and some of the strategies that you use. Just your overall thoughts on client retention, keeping people in your agency, the clients that you do have. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I think we've got nine or 10 insurance carriers in the office. Uh, nobody gets their claims number. All the claims come through Vargas Insurance because really that's what we're there for, right? Clients buy the stuff from us and then we pawn them off at the 1-800-CUSTOMER-SERVICE number. Mm. They're not going to mm. treat them like we treat them. I mean, mm. really, we, we have everything in this game, right? So client retention, to us, I mean, we probably lose... Three, four percent a year. We probably have a 93, 95 percent, 97 percent retention because most of that is property. So it's escrowed. They're not going to shop around. We mm. write very little at, at auto. We write tons of umbrella coverages, umbrella policies. Um, so client retention to us is really important. And it starts with us handling and servicing that client. I mean, if we don't want them to go to 1 800, I can call, you know, progressive at 3 a.m., then we shouldn't send them to the 1 800 number. In my mind, and again, I'm coming from old school, right? The mm-hmm. client does business with me. They expect to do business with me. Not, hey, I'm too busy. It's 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon. You need to call 1-800-INSURANCE-CARRIER-CLAIM line. That is where client retention, I think we're feeding our business to somebody else, in my opinion, if we do that. And mm-hmm. client retention is having events and inviting your clients to it. The client retention is, you know, we do a third Thursday with our staff, we might invite two or three clients along as well, our bigger rent clients, the folks who send us business. It's always being in front of our clients. We do a monthly newsletter email that I send out. I shoot a video. It talks about what's happening in the community. You know, I share, you know, all the good things about ha- happenings in the Boston area. That adds some value to the client retention. I can't tell you how many folks will say, hey, thank you for putting my church on here. Thanking, mm. Thank you for sharing whatever the car show was. Thank you for sharing the hospital event, Uh, you know, so that all adds value. Number one, I completely agree with you. People want to buy the way they want to buy. But the one time, the one time that we get to really stick our chest out and let people know what we do and how we do it is, is that claim experience. Because no matter what happens, if your house burns down or your vehicle gets totaled, they want to talk to their local insurance agent. They do not want to talk to a 22-year-old in a call center. So, so go through that pro- go through that process with me. The customer, the client, the member, whatever you want to call them, they call in. They've had a claim. Doesn't matter what it is. The person in your agency is answering the phone, and are they holding their hand through that process and and doing like a three-way call to the claim center? Is that what's happening? No, we take the claim in, we file it for the client, they go on through a drip campaign. We use EasyLinks, which is a great agency management system. You know, all the notes go into the system, we put them in claim, property claim, claim or casualty claim, and then every so many days, an email, maybe 15 days, an email goes out, 30 days, an email goes out, and then finally, I think on the 45th, 25th day, a final email goes out. But no, we end up taking the claim and then we file it. We file the Accord with the insurance company. We end up doing all of that. Or we do it right on the insurance company's website. You're spot on. The time that we get the 
you know, show this is why you do business with me. Mm-hmm. So we're we're pawning them off on the one eight hundred number. That's that's the undoing of our industry, I think, my friend. A thousand a thousand percent agree with you on that too. Bradley, do you have anything else? Man, I'm going to tell you something, Carlos. We have had some brilliant, brilliant, brilliant titans of our industry on this show. I've taken away a lot on this episode that I'm going to implement tomorrow. I really want you to know that we a million percent appreciate you being on this podcast. And and we're absolutely going to have you back for another episode. I love a lot of the tangible pieces of advice that you gave agents. Thank you so very, very much for having me. Uh, Brian Appleman is doing an insurance agent summit in October that I'm part of as well. So I'll be sharing an awful lot of stuff there as well. So I appreciate all that you guys do. Thank you for putting this amazing, what I feel is the world's best insurance podcast for insurance agents. That's going to be quoted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please do so. Guys, I'm going to close this episode out. You need to get out there. You need to create a strategy. You need to go out in the community. You need to go out in the community with zero expectation of anything in return, but you need to meet as many people as you can. As I always say, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out there and out from behind the desk and go sell some insurance. Go sell insurance for your family. Go write good business for the agency that you represent. Go write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, Carlos, I love you both. And we will see you all next time on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.